This is Midweek Motion, a creative outlet of Grace Avenue Church designed to help lead, feed, and guide you in things that honor God and build His purpose in you. Here we'll deep dive into curated content, interviews, principles, and conversations that nurture and fan the flames of the diverse gifts, talents, dreams, and aspirations that you hold near and dear. C.S. Lewis once said, the task of the modern educator is not to cut down jungles, but to irrigate deserts. Perhaps today's episode will flood your heart and mind like a fresh stream that flows with motivation, inspiration, and education. This is Midweek Motion. All right, here we are. Back for the attack, Chris Martinez. Back for attitude number 10. We build the next generation. That's right. Yes, here on Midweek Motion. If you're new to this, we've been covering 12 attitudes that define Grace Avenue culture. We've gone through all of these on Sundays. We've talked about these through um, in our leadership podcast or our leadership to our, our Slack teams. Mm-hmm. We've gotten these, and then we're breaking these down conversationally here on Midweek Motion. So we build the next generation, an attitude that we carry. It's a value. It's very important to us. Always has been. You should know this. Obviously, you've, you are part of the next generation. Right. You've been here since you were in college. Um, maybe I should quiz you this whole time. Maybe this should be about you. <laughs> the tables have turned. Yeah. No, this honestly is probably one of my favorite. Um, if you've talked to me at all for uh, any time, you know that this is a passion of mm-hmm. mine. Uh, but it's also a, a gratitude that comes from it because if this attitude didn't exist at Grace Avenue, I wouldn't be who I am. If this yeah. attitude wasn't reflected and intentional, then I wouldn't have met my wife, who was also built right. right? And we wouldn't have the family we have. We wouldn't be buying a house that we did a few months ago. So there's just a lot of things in my life that wouldn't exist if this attitude wasn't in place and wasn't in your heart. And yeah. so I'm extremely grateful for that. Extremely thankful um, just that this is who you are and you, yeah. you and Pastor Janelle yeah. and who our church is. So I love it. Well, that was modeled for us. You know, um, people were very uh, much intentional about their investment into you know, as I was growing up into kids ministry and even, right. from, you know, infants, toddlers, you know, to kids teaching them about Jesus to, you know, children's church is what they used to call it, to youth ministry, to young adult ministry, to college age ministry and various aspects of that 20th age group. And, right. you know, there's a lot going on in life. And when, you know, the church is intentional about those different age stages, I just, I think it's very beautiful. I think it's very necessary. Uh, people have all kinds of pressures at different age stages in life, and when they can find help and understanding and even healing, uh, just makes all the difference. Right. You know, so. it makes a big deal. Um, it makes it, it it changes everything when you're yeah. thinking generationally. So right. let's jump into this. Uh, we'll ask you a fun question at the end this time around. Okay. So, cool. but I want to jump into it because I want to know when did this become a revelation to you? When did you uh, begin to have a passion to building the next generation? Yeah. Um, and, and how has this flowed out in in your life and and through your life? Um, I think in my late twenties when I started to get back involved in in a serious form of you know when I was left my job, what I was doing and was entering into full-time church staff positions. Um, that was more of a kind of a baptizing and into the reality of teenage life again. You know, it was hundreds of teenagers every week that I was pastoring and wow. hundred something young adults. And I didn't have kind of got thrown into that and I didn't have a lot of time to catch up on the last 
15 years of what life had been like <laughs> for teenagers, I was immediately drowning and exposed to relational challenges, emotional difficulties, just all the stuff that people are going through. I mean, you're talking about that size of a ministry right. responsibility, Janelle and I both just leading people and trying to raise leaders who are young adult leaders to oversee youth. And it's just a lot of work and a lot of education. And right. so um, it was kind of just an immediate baptism into that um, and growing into it, yeah. you know. And then, I mean, I remembered stuff when I was a kid. Obviously, I went to church camps and part of youth groups and stuff when I was a kid. And I, I understood and remembered certain things that happened, certain values. But and I started growing up, got married, was working, kind of on my own for about 10 years. And then you, and then all of a sudden, you're back in this entire world of right. teenage life, daily, <laughs> weekly, year after year. The drama. Yeah. And all that comes with it, right. you know, and fighting with parents and leaving home and, you know, breakups and you know kicked out of school and you're graduating and getting a college degree getting a scholarship losing your scholarship going into the military going in the military kids leaving youth group you know you know going to clubs getting drunk getting arrested like you just everything everything that makes up kind of like a city you know i mean the youth (laughs) ministry i oversaw had we attracted about 15 different school districts so that's what i knew of that i counted because i could tell by the right clicks in the pockets oh yeah and I would I would count them and so we we do tournaments and all kinds of fun stuff but you know I saw uh, a heart uh, being stirred in me constantly um, and it really bothered me when 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 people kind of would refer to them in church as the youth as if they're just kind of like right. not in a not in a derogatory or demeaning term but almost an indifferent right like, oh that's the youth they're that kind of written off just yeah. kind of written off. And um, I think you're sealing the future of the church and, and canceling out its future when you begin to do that, when you right. don't see that, that this is the future right here. It is the future of the church right here that is making that mess on the floor <laughs> as a <laughs> six-year-old, right? right. Like that's the future. Um, so, yeah. That's big, man. When I came into Grace Avenue in 2011, I looked around. There was a lot of young families, a lot of young marriages that had just started having kids. And mm-hmm. so to see the, the progression over the last 10 years, some of those kids now being in Avenue X, in our youth ministry, mm-hmm. um, is so cool to see. You know, when I see Viv getting ready to graduate this year, your daughter getting ready to graduate, um, I'm just I'm blown away by how fast time goes and, yeah. and how much the next generation is here is here now and that somewhere in, in the beyond where you, where you can't see it or, you know, that time will come. It's it's actually faster than you think. And so it's cool to see now looking around, you see families here that have kind of take that next step. But over the last 20 years of you and Pastor Janelle ministering to youth and young adults and building the next generation, what have you seen? What are some of the fruit that you've seen? What are some of the, the amazing things that God has done? Some of the testimonies that you've seen, um, and and what you've built the last 20 years, and then what are some things you'd love to see in the next 20 years from now? I mean, as crazy as it sounds, is that I think it's still too early to count what that is. You know, 20 years is not a long time. It is a long time, but it's not a long time. Yeah. Um, you know, you have to, people, I found this, uh, people have to get well, you know, 10 to 15 years out to almost feel appreciative of, of your investment. So yeah. that's one way to look at it. Um, uh, I think that also people have to uh, grow into their own adulthood. Around early to mid-30s is when generally people start to wake up to the realities of 
the choices they've been making, um, whether or not God is important, whether or not church is important, if they've gotten away from it all. Yep. And um, and a lot of times the first place they look is the last place they were. And so they start to track back on, oh, God, this old guy Daniel's still around. Oh, wow, he's still <laughs> preaching. Oh, he's still, I might check out his church. He's still right? wearing Air Force Ones. Yes, he is. <laughs> Actually, wasn't then. I am now. <laughs> but the, you know, the reality of that is that, you know, people are awakening. Right. And God's stirring seeds that have been planted long ago. And you get to recultivate sometimes some of right. those things. So we have people in our church now who I knew when they were thrown out of their house when they were teenagers wow. who were um, came from a very broken home uh, didn't have parents you kind of played the role of a right. spiritual dad and you know it was more like a spiritual mom even if you weren't close people you know looked to the wisdom you're offering or whatever you could offer at that time and and it helped them and wow. they remember personal encounters and conversations and surprisingly messages People right. showed me notes and the stuff they wrote down. Wow. Like, Man, that's a good message. I'm yeah. going to preach that again. I was, I need Send to me that. a picture of that real quick. I'll, I'll preach that again someday. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, over the last 20 years, you know, we've I think we've seen foundation built into a lot of people. Right. Solid foundation. And I'm very grateful for that, you know, because people, life is tough, you know, and people are walking through all kinds of various ups and downs of life, getting curveballs thrown at them. And so when right. they finally get to the place where they're building their young adulthood, building their future, building their finances, building their family, you know, laying the track, the train tracks for where they want to go. Um, and they start getting hit by life right? and time issues and money issues and capacity issues and health stuff. And just like, whoa, what's going on? It's like, yeah, yeah. Wow. This is us. This, this is, is it. This right. is life. Yeah. So you've been blessed for a while, but now this is this is it's time to stand firm in the foundation that you were trained for. That's right? good. So we get to see that. We love to see that. We love to see people who even five to seven years ago were in their early mid twenties and now they're like right. late twenties and they're solid, standing, taking ownership of their life and their the next generation right. coming up. Yeah, I think it's one of the most one of the one of the most powerful things about our church is that you you look around on Sunday and you see people of all ages um, carrying weight and, and serving and building the kingdom together alongside of each other and it kind of ties into the last attitude right the diversity is right. divine yeah. I mean uh, part of that is is age part of that is the different generations right. serving with each other and building alongside each other building building again building together um, I love seeing that what are some what are two two or three things that your your prayer um, for for the next generation that they that they would catch uh, as we build the next generation. What is two things that you've always seen uh, a foundation that you want yeah. them to walk away with in terms of God? Um, well, I think you know what I'd love to see more than I don't know if I would have said this in the in in the past, but I would certainly say this right now. I feel like a a greater conviction for holy living yep. would be probably more important to me now than you know I, I would have known it's important 20 years ago and I probably would have preached that it was I probably did preach that it was right. important but I feel it's more important than ever because I think that it is so confusing out there for people who are supposed to be looking at salt and light and see no difference from the world wow and they see no difference from people's attitudes and language and behavior and mindsets and attitudes and there's supposed to be a marked difference about a Christian uh, we're supposed to carry Jesus well. That's good. Uh, we carry his spirit. 
We're supposed to have the mind of Christ. You know, we're supposed to carry the heart of the Father. These things should be evident when we, you know, not just some guy on a street corner waving a sign, right. being the only one who, oh, that guy must be a Christian, right? Like yelling in at people that they're going to hell. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a person being close enough to Jesus where, you know, like the Bible says, we are the aroma right. of Christ to the world, to those who are lost, to those who are perishing. I want to see that taken more seriously. Um, people get themselves into a lot of trouble in life by their choices. Yep. And when their choices don't line up with Scripture and they're living for whatever whatever lustful pleasures are present in the moment. Right. There's always a price that comes with that. There's always a consequence. You know, deadening your spirit to sin or just getting distracted from what right. you should be pursuing. And and it's never something you fall into. It's something you were intentional about jumping into. Right. You were either ignorant to what God <laughs> said about it or you just didn't care. Right. You just go for it, whatever it is in life, you know. Um, you know, and it could be from anything from, you know, sexual sin to just flat out just disobedience about, you know, love and life and generosity and prayer and just right. like, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm just going to be strong. Okay, well, no, we're supposed to be dependent on everything that God says, not just our strength for this right. week, right? So little things, learning not to be um, so self-dependent right? and trusting that dependency on God and that will sanctify people. It'll make them more like Jesus. So that's I think good. that's really important. Um, second thing would be uh, a greater heart for the Word of God, the mm. truth of God. You know, we're in the generation or the days of, you know, your truth is your truth, my truth is my truth, and whatever truth is his <laughs> truth, is, it's, it's his truth. And, right. You know, Jesus says, I am the truth. And so, you know, you run out of steam eventually with that mentality, that philosophy, because it, it leads you to dead ends. Right. And it leads to more brokenness and it leads to more confusion. It, it doesn't lead to clarity. It actually leads to more deception. So you have to, if you're a Christian, you, you have to get away from the the net that's been thrown and caught you of, you know, your truth is more important than right. anything in this world. Uh, because as much as we say we're not influenced by that, we really are as a culture. We're, yep. we're deeply Absolutely. entrenched in individualism and it, it affects everything. It affects marriage. It affects the way we raise our kids. It affects how we get up in the morning and how we look at life. So the Word of God has to reshape, I think, a lot of people's hearts and minds for them to get healthy. Um, there's a lot of unlearning that has to right. happen. Um, and God is in it. Yeah. But we've got to be aware of it. Absolutely. So, Just reminded of, of, reminded of Romans 12 about being transformed by the yeah. renewing of your mind. If we, we have to, that has to take place. And right. every generation has to understand that in a, in a new way. Um, that's so powerful. I love those two things. Love those two things. Conviction for the Holy Spirit and understanding of God's truth. Yeah. Uh, what, are some, what are some stories that you can share of, of pastoring youth and young adults over the years? Um, and, and you can absolutely use all of my knucklehead stories if you want to. But what are just some things that you've seen uh, that have been a battle? You know, as you build the next generation, it's, there's always a fight, you know, uh, against the enemy to raise them into a godly way um, where the world and the enemy well, is coming at them. Right? There's stories of victory. There's stories of right. disappointment. Like one that just immediately comes to mind is I remember I was uh, sitting at a light, at a stoplight, uh, and right next to me in the next car is this girl that I'd pastored for years. She's probably like 17 and I'd pastor, 
you know, pastored her for like four or five years, and I knew her and her family and everything. And she's high as a kite, you know, and yeah. she's smoking weed right there in the car. And, her, and this boyfriend was a mess, absolute mess of a kid. Uh, it's, he, he's, her boyfriend, he's driving, and he's most certainly under the influence. But she's so stoned out of her mind and that she doesn't even see that I'm right next to her. And it, like, wow. it broke my heart, but wow. at the same time, that was me. Right. And it was wow. this weird moment of, um, and she never saw me, and I never let on that I saw her, but she's literally like three feet away from me. Jeez. But I remember like in that, something weird was going on with me. It was like this broken heart thing for her, anger for this guy that's leading her the wrong way. But then the reality of, well, first of all, I was her in the sense that I was, that was me. And then I was him in the sense that I was leading people into mess. <laughs> so there was this grace and judgment thing happening wow. for me that uh, I never forgot that, you know. And, and then um, I remember another story of this kid. He was about 15 years old. His grandfather came in and I knew him for, you know, been his youth pastor for several years. And he was just, he was funny. He came from a really broken home. His mom was in jail. His uh, grandparents were raising him, and wow. he'd been around a, two or three years probably. Um, and then he's about 15, and his grandfather, you know, I didn't know him like personally. A lot of these kids I would just know weekly. I don't really know a whole lot about their life, but I know who picks right. them up. And, and we're talking literally like every week, there's three to 400 kids, bare minimum, every week. Wow. So it, you're almost like a high school principal <laughs> at this point. Um, it's a lot of oversight. Right. Faces, they belong here, they don't, who are they, right. who's that crowd. Right. And security is big for you, so that's, that's oh, yeah, a big deal. Oh, yeah, we had cops, deal. we had yeah. security, it was, it was nuts. Yeah. But um, this grandfather booked an appointment with me. Um, I sat down with him and he says, you know, I just need to get your, I don't really know him at all. I don't know if he's saved, I don't know anything about him. He says, I need to get your opinion on uh, my grandson. Do you know him? I said, yes, I'm very, very familiar with who he is. And he said, yeah, uh, you know, his, his mom's in jail and that was our daughter and, and he's been with us and he's just too wild and we just, uh, just I need him gone. Wow. So I just want to get your opinion on like, how do I go about doing that? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> he says, well, you know, we just can't handle him anymore. We, me and my wife were fed up, we're too old, we're too tired. And they were probably, you know, late 60s, early 70s. And, and you could tell they were tired, he was tired. And he says, you know, like, I just need him gone. I said, okay, well, what are you asking me? Like, you're asking me, for, like, I I can't get on that page with you. The kid's, right. the kid's not 18, he's 15. Like, you, you, I can't say yes, this is a good idea to throw out a 15-year-old. Well, I know, but, like, you know, he's, he's just too much trouble and he won't listen to us and he does what he wants. I said, man, I, I'm the wrong guy for this, right? <laughs> That's not what I do. Right. I, I, I'm here to try to save these kids and get them into stable places. I could tell you how to try and love them. I can try tell you how to pray for him or to help him and I empathize with where you're at but he's only 15 right if he was 18 that'd be different he was 17 on his way to 18 where he can get a job like no job no ID no life no right. still going to school skipping school like you got to hang on for this ride right. somehow some way and uh, he didn't uh, in about a year about nine months goes by and this kid shows back up and hadn't seen him in nine months I'm like where you been and he's oh you know my grandparents sent me to this it was I guess it was some sort of reform school or something yeah. um, but he was still getting high and lost and I didn't see him much much longer after that so you know you you see um, kids who go through stuff right next generation and you were there to the degree that you were be you you could be there this is why we always raised up young adult leaders and we still do that we try right. to raise up people who are five seven ten years older within that range to be present in people's lives yeah. when that kind of stuff goes down. Right. So somebody can say, hey, 
I saw you high at the stoplight. Yep. Let's talk. You know, like, why are you dating him? Yeah. He's no good for it's you. not good. What is going on? Yeah. You know the truth. This is not right. Um, but it takes intentional people to love people where they're at, not yeah. to just judge where they are, but love them towards where they could be. Right. Um, so important. So it's good. People did that for me. People saw me in my knucklehead stages. People saw me where I was at in my lostness, my anger, rebellion, whatever, whatever was going on. And, uh, people were there. Yeah. People have prophetic leanings towards like, he doesn't look like he's doing well. They lean into that. Right. Right. But they first have to care. Right. Right. They have to be aware. Yep. Wouldn't be like, Oh, that's the youth. That's the right. kids. Like, you got to see them. You got to see them. Yeah. You got to know their faces. You got to know when they haven't been here. You got to know how much they have been here and why they're not now. Like, what's going on here? Uh, you know, arms folded, attitudes, heads down is a good sign. Like, what's going on? If they're just sitting like this the whole time, they're shutting off, they're shutting right. down, they're shutting out. Okay, what's going on here? Does anybody care? Or do we see them as like, oh, that kid's got an attitude right around here. Like, somebody's got to care. Yep. So, it's good. What uh, When you look around on a Sunday or throughout the week, um, different things happening here at Grace Avenue, how, how encouraged are you by just seeing – um, the generational aspect of our church. I think it's a very um, visible thing at our church. So, I mean, yeah. are you, this has been your heart for years and Pastor Janelle's heart for years. I mean, um, what would you, how would you encourage the church or how would you encourage the, the people of Grace Avenue? Well, I would say, you know, I would encourage them by saying, look at the gift of all the differences around you. Yeah. You know, if, if it's if the church is just one age group, it, it's a pooling of ignorance. It you know, there's no other way to say it. If it's all older people, they're gonna lose the perspectives of younger people. If it's right. all younger people, they're gonna not gonna have the perspectives of older people. Um, you've got to have a good mixing intentionally of the community so people can learn from one another. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, the ages can be so different. 18 to 21 is different than 21 to 25. Right. 25 to 35 is a whole different, that's, that's almost two or three different Absolutely. stages there for people, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and then obviously 40, with kids, without kids, you know, uh, retired, about to retire, military, non-military. Right. It's just a lot of differences. And so mixing with, with all the differences around and valuing the generational perspective is, is really important. Yeah. I mean, under 40, you can have three generations. Right. Crazy to think about, but it, it's, it's kind of true. It's right? real. So right. honoring that, respecting that, valuing that. You know, I was, I was a kid and older people would always make space for me in church life from the time I was a little kid to whatever, you know, yeah. parking lot, tech, you know, like there was always something cool that a kid's looking at that he'd like to do. Yeah. And people made space for that. Adults that, you know, even when I was causing like, like, I, you know, this is how old I am. Like we had the overhead projector <laughs> and I was responsible. I can't believe they let me do this at 11 years old. It's a big deal. I, you, you, <laughs> people like you got it easy. You got to type words and push a button and it comes up on the screen. The, the words were handwritten by somebody. Classic. And they're in this giant file. You have to find, if they if the worship leader decides to take off into some song that's not on the set list, you got to go find it, like an old library card. You're digging through, you find the song, and no, that's not it. And some of the songs are named the same, right? Like this song's called "Praise the Lord," and this is 
we will praise the Lord. So you pull out the wrong song and you put that down and it's shining. Oh, those are the wrong lyrics. And you pull in that back. But that's what I was responsible for at 11 years old. And I couldn't believe they let me do, do it. And I remember there were times where <laughs> I remember one time the words were upside down. <laughs> and people are praising and worshiping, you know. And, and I, had, I had not caught it behind me that that was showing upside down. And people are smiling and laughing. And they just keep going on and worshiping. And then, you know, finally I remember turning around and looking and being like, Oh shoot! Yeah, no. It around. But they didn't fire me, you know. But uh, that was exciting. Uh, but you know, making space and making room for younger people is just—it's good. It's so important for the future and the health of the church. We should be encouraged when we see the next generation coming up. We should be encouraged when we see kids serving, young adults serving. Yeah, you know, it's. We're not pushing that away. We're fanning the flame. It's good. And we got to do it. If we want a future for the church, we got to do it. That's right. It's so good. I love your heart on this. I know we could talk for hours, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to wrap it up with the question because I, I, you know, got to give people the fun, fun question to ask you. So uh, the question is, if you were to have a few were to choose a decade of music, right? We're talking about generations. So we're talking about 60s, (laughs) 70s, 80s, 2000s, 90s. Which one would which one would be your playlist if you had to choose one for the rest of your life? Which decade? Oh well, because everybody now, as always, is looking to the past for inspiration, and they're ripping off <laughs> a lot of '80s right now. Yeah. Um, right today, I'd, I'd go with the '80s. The '80s I might change next week, but today I'd go with the '80s because there's just so much in the '80s that happened, and and everybody's. Calling original, it's already been done in a new form. With but yeah, I'll just yeah. leave it that the eighties, graphic tees, everything, sounds, yeah. production techniques, uh, choruses, vibe, sound, just yeah, it's a lot of eighties influence. Yeah, in all the different genres of the music from the eighties that are being bled into. Uh, newer songs. Even shows, even TV shows like Stranger Things. I mean, their whole soundtrack is like oh, 80s yeah, yeah. songs. I mean, the whole I mean, that was my childhood. Yeah. Like, if you look at that first season of Stranger Things, that literally was me and my friends on our bikes. No joke. It's awesome. Yeah. Little pack of kids getting into trouble, running around like the Goonies, <laughs> doing all kinds of craziness. It was a blast. It's awesome. Well, yeah. thank you, Pastor Dan. We didn't this see any monsters, good. though. Like, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But thanks God for that. Yeah. No, no demons. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, thank you for, for breaking we down the sentence. <laughs> but we didn't see any teams. <laughs> we were them. Yeah. Uh, well, this has been good. This has been really good. We build the next generation. This is who we are. This is who you've been. This is who Amen. our church is and will be. And um, very encouraged, very excited for what God has for years and decades to come. So thank you for your heart. Yeah, last story. Last story. Yes, um, all the stories. And this one's not an... This one's not... It's just... It, this is not an ego thing. Please hear my heart on this. But I remember it's it's it, I remember the way it affected me. It actually kind of scared me. There was this kid who you remember the days of MySpace, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah. Kids would add you know as their youth pastor, they add their youth pastor to MySpace. So you got like hundreds and hundreds of kids, right? And you know your MySpace is made up after five years of thousands of people who. Right have heard you you don't know them but then but you would have i don't remember how it worked kind of like a feed but you would see what people are writing right they have a home page and uh-huh but i remember someone i remember one of our, my kids she wrote pastor daniel is the greatest man i've ever known wow 
And it, I remember the way it made me feel was very scared. Right. So that, honey, you need to get out a bit more. Right. There's a lot of better people than me out there. <laughs> but it also made me feel very, very responsible. Like, wow. oh, my God. You know, like, and she came from a pretty messed up home. And she had a pack of friends. They would all come together. But seeing that and then reading that and hearing that, it, it, it did something to me. Yeah. Not in the, the prideful sense of, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the greatest person. Right. It was more of a. Sheesh. It's humbling. Very humbling. Yeah. You know, like this this kid's thinks that of you. Right. You know, they maybe their home life is jacked. They don't see that in their immediate circle. Uh, so I wish more people would take that role yeah. of leadership because to someone in a generation that you mean something to people. So Wow. Yeah. That's good. I mean, you, we could take that a million different ways and, and talk about just that for a long time. We yeah. sports and historical yeah. figures. And I mean, we can talk about that for a long time. People have made an impact on so many, and a whole generation just by the life that they lived. Yeah. So good or bad. True. <laughs> well, well, thank you. We did it. We did it. All right. Thank yep. you guys. We'll see you next time on Midweek Motion. God bless. That's it for today. Until next time, remember that the God we serve is greater than any of our failures. He's more invested in us than any human on the planet. You're a gift to this earth, to this generation, and maybe even the next. So don't shortchange yourself. Keep growing and live your life to honor Jesus and his purpose in you. Join us soon for another episode of Midweek Motion.